Hi, Horror Honeys. We have an amazing deal for you from Adam and Eve, America's favorite adult store. Use our code HORROR for 50% off almost any item, plus free shipping. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off almost any item, plus free shipping. Head to adamandeve.com to find something special for yourself or someone else. That's code HORROR, H-O-R-R-O-R, at checkout for 50% off plus free shipping. Order now and get ready to Not good. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of I'm Horrified. Another exciting episode. It sounds like very, um... Marvel, like like <laughs> the Adventures of Sam and Allie, another Daredevil episode. Yes, that's 100%. a little like transatlantic, like yeah. Sam and Allie on the radio. <laughs> a lot of different genres we could be. Oh my goodness, I've been trying to get better at doing uh, dumb little voices because uh, I'm trying to learn how to uh, be a game master for Dungeons and Dragons. That's a fun fact about me and oh, my fun. life. And so I'm trying to get better at doing dumb little voices, but I'm not good at doing dumb little voices. So I'm like, everyone in my Dungeons and Dragons world kind of sounds the same. They can do like two accents, but they'll invest in those two. I think we said maybe one episode, maybe two episodes ago, uh, strong but wrong. Strong but wrong. Make that choice. I will do that. I will do that. But I can do, I'm like, I can do like very stupid French I can do <laughs> posh British. No one's ever really had that accent. And maybe one Southern. And that's what I can offer you. That's that's what's on the table for my fantasy Dungeons and Dragons world. There's been a murder in Savannah. <laughs> that's going to be me. Yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about my accent work. Let's talk about... <laughs> no, let's talk about that. No, okay. What, I... are we, what are we doing today? Today is our first ever, I think, sequel episode. Oh. I don't think we've ever done a proper sequel episode before. Um, I think we've done like sort of tangential. Yes. Like this is related to that. But no, I don't think we've done like part two. Yes, exactly. So today, and again, that's kind of the nice thing about accidentally ghosting you for three years is that I'm back with a lot of new information that I haven't talked to you about. So you've been saving it all up. I've been saving it all up. So I've, I've titled this episode Elon Musk 2 Elantric Boogaloo. Right. Good. <laughs> I gotta admit, Ali, I was expecting, like, rapturous applause when I made that joke. No, I was I, expecting... It's good. I mean, it is good. I was good. expecting a lot from... Could you give it to me again? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's take that one more time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Elon Musk 2, Elantric Boogaloo. Oh my god. That's so funny. Thank you. Thank you so much. So good. I'm gonna cut out that first part where you Do, didn't... Yeah, I mean, You didn't yeah. react to the joke the way I wanted you to. Ugh. Elantric Boogaloo. So, you know him, you loathe him. It's Elon Musk. I did our first Elon Musk episode in September of 2020. Mm -hmm. So a lot of stuff has happened with him since then. Are you sure? (laughs) Just a couple things. Okay, good. And um, I thought I would maybe talk to you about it today. So if you do not know anything about Elon Musk, I'd like to encourage you to listen to our first Elon Musk episode because that's where I talk about like, his history and his background and all of that right. stuff that I would usually bring you in an episode. Yeah. Also, first, you got to crawl out from under the rock that you are living under because how can you escape him in this world? But also, I'd say if you don't know anything about Elon Musk, 
Oh, yeah. Actually, bottle that. Yeah. Maybe turn this off. Maybe turn this off. <laughs> and, and go forth and live a better life. Maybe tell me how you manage yeah. that. Go back to your cabin in the woods and just live your best life. Turn your back on us. We have nothing to offer you. Yeah. Were you in a bunker? Like, did you think there was an, an atomic war and you've been living in a bunker? You just realized? Unbreakable that... Kimmy Schmidt style. Oh, yes. Were, yeah. you, were you kidnapped for the last 20 years and now you get to... Now you get to hear about Elon Musk. Go back in the hole. Get back in the bunker. Get back in. Anyways, today I will bring you three more stories of Musk. Uh, <laughs> and I have a feeling I will continue doing updates every four years, maybe forever. Because yeah. it feels like he's going to stay in the news, unfortunately. So here we go. Elon Trick Boogaloo. The Twitter fiasco. Ever since we've been back on this podcast, Allie, we've been debating, is it X? Is it Twitter? Do you X us? Do you tweet us? Should we even stay on Twitter? Yeah, what do you say if you're like, tweet at us? X us? X us? Threads? Is Threads something? Threads is Instagram. Different. I feel like an old, old lady. Yeah. But he did. He made it posts instead of tweets. It's like post and repost. But you can't say like, post post, at us. Post at us. I know. I, I know that, and you know that. Send us post. Lick a stamp. Put it on an envelope. But so I thought, again, for the for the blessed person living in a bunker who doesn't know about this, and maybe to those of us who were just like, what's going on? Okay. I thought I would do a little bit of a breakdown of the story of Elon Musk acquiring Twitter. Um, now X. Shout out to Time and QZ.com and Wikipedia and a lot of other websites that made a beautiful timeline that I then could steal from. Um, so here we go. Basically, Elon Musk, he's always loved Twitter, and Twitter hasn't always loved him back. That, mm. was, that was a problem. He um, publicly complained about their content moderation policies, which he saw as too strict, uh, specifically in March of 2022. He began tweeting criticisms, polling his followers on whether the company adhered to the principle that free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Something I'd like to point out right here is that the U.S. government guarantees us free speech as, as, um, as Americans. Uh, one company doesn't do that, right? Twitter can moderate whatever they want. And I know Twitter seems like the American government, right? It seems like uh, that's coming from the top down. Yeah. And it really isn't. Exactly. I love when people are like, you can't, like somebody gets their book canceled <laughs> and it's like, you can't silence. And it's like, what if instead of the, instead of thinking you're being silenced, you're just not successful anymore. Yeah. Cause you made a choice. Cause you made a choice. So I do, I think it's good to have forums for public discussion about things even things that I agree with, sure. Absolutely. I don't believe that, but we'll move on. <laughs> but there's got to be some kind of line between public discussion and hate speech. That's just my two cents. Yeah. It's simply my two cents when it comes to content moderation. Anyway, Musk discussed the future of social media with Twitter co-founder and former CEO Jack Dorsey. And he explored the possibility of joining Twitter's board of directors. Uh, by April of that year, Musk had become Twitter's largest shareholder. So he started buying up Twitter stock in January of 2022. By April, he owned a little bit over 9%, which made him like the single greatest stakeholder in Twitter. And it seems like the board and Jack Dorsey was all like happy to have Elon uh, join the board of Twitter now that he was such a big stakeholder. 
but perhaps Elon had bigger ideas. So Elon announces he owns about 9% of Twitter and their stock price surges because dude bros love Elon. So there's a lot of interest in the fact that he's taken an interest in Twitter. Why do people like him? I don't understand. Dudes being I don't know if you can explain that to me, but... Just guys being guys. He's, um... I mean, he's really into cutting-edge technologies. If you're interested in cutting-edge technologies, Elon's really interested in that, too. Is there anyone else who's interested in cutting-edge technologies? Probably, yes. Who isn't the worst. Elon's also into memes. So for a specific subset of the internet, that's a beautiful combination. That's true. He really has cornered a market. Others cannot offer. That's fair. Um, So Twitter invites him to join the board, but it turns out that joining the board does two things. Number one, it limits the total amount of Twitter stock Elon can acquire to a a max of 14.9% ownership. So he's got 9%. If he joins the board, he can't own more than 14.9%. And number two, it limits what Elon can publicly say about Twitter. By agreeing to be on the board, he has to like limit what he's willing to publicly say. Because like if he's in stakeholder meetings, he can't tweet like, here's what we just talked about in a secret stakeholder meeting. Yeah, so, like, seriously. Those are the limits of joining the board. Now we know Elon loves free speech. <laughs> so he is not into this deal at all. And he backs down from joining the board and instead presents another idea. Twitter, which had an initial public offering in 2013 and has been publicly traded ever since, could go back to being privately owned and indeed privately owned by Elon Musk. Oh my God. And he kind of presents a grand plan on this. He's like, Twitter can only be as great as it wants to be if it's privately owned, like with just one owner. And like, it could be the next great like communication platform, like not just for tweets, but for like everything, like everyone goes there every day. I think he was citing like a Chinese website that like you just have to have in China to communicate with anyone. I think it's called like Weibo, but I could be wrong about that. Definitely fact checked me. I just pulled that out of my brain. <laughs> but he's got these grand plans for Twitter and he's like, it can only happen if it's privately owned. So on April 14th, Elon makes an unsolicited and non-binding offer to Twitter to purchase the company for 43 billion with a B dollars. And that is um, $54.20 per share. Uh, Those on the internet will know that $54.20 includes 420. So just that's, (sighs) that's fun. Um, And he wants to pay $43 billion and take Twitter private. As Elon puts it in his offer, this best and final deal was, quote, a 54% premium over the day I began investing in Twitter and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. So he's giving them like a really good deal is what he's pointing out. Right. Um, Implicit in this offer, however, is a little bit of a threat. Elon is already the largest single shareholder of Twitter. And he didn't take that board seat that would have restricted how much stock he could buy. So if they say no to this deal, he can just keep buying Twitter stock. And eventually, he'll be the sole owner anyways. Like, there's nothing stopping him from just continuing to buy up any Twitter stock he can. Um, And he can do that if he wants to. So he's like, I can give you this great deal now. Or, like, it can be a slow bleed, basically, until I own Twitter. Uh, The Twitter board is like, whoa. (laughs) It's a wild offer. It is $43 billion with a B dollars. It would be a lot of money. Um, People who own the Twitter stock would make off. 
it would put Elon in charge. It would be like a total shift of how this company works and its plans. I'm just imagining Elon Musk walking into, like, thinking of, like, a nonprofit. It's not a nonprofit, but, like, yeah. a board meeting of all these, like, suits. And he walks in, like, completely naked, holding a handle of vodka and a gun. <laughs> and it's just, like, that's the energy he's bringing. Yes. Like, yippee Kaye, motherfuckers. A hundred percent. Let's do it. Let's oh do God. this if we're going to do it. And everyone else is like, what are we doing? I have no idea. Yeah. And so, like, there's definitely pros and cons to this deal. They spend a few days, like, trying to decide on the offer. Um, for a while, they're going to do something called, like, a poison pill, which will basically let them, like, create a bunch of new t- Twitter stock that they can all buy up and it will fuck everything over. I don't even know. But they end up not doing that. They ultimately accept the offer. Elon Musk is buying Twitter for $44 billion with a B. Having uh, having decided to accept the deal, Twitter negotiates the terms of the agreement with Musk, which includes a few important provisions. Number one, Musk has to perform the obligations of the contract, meaning Twitter can compel him to complete the purchase on the agreed on terms. So if Twitter does what it agrees to first, like to show him the basics of their company, he has to buy it for $44 billion. Like, he doesn't have another choice. Because, number two, there is a $1 billion, with a B, termination fee Musk would have to pay if he violates the contract and Twitter wants out of the deal. And three, it limits Musk's ability to make public statements, saying he cannot disparage the company or its officials while the deal is closing. Uh, God, they just want Elon to stop tweeting. It's so ironic that all they want is for Elon to stop tweeting. I feel like like it's all legalese and then you just get to one clause and it's like, please stop. <laughs> Do not log on, sir. Just I'm begging you. stop. <laughs> so um, Elon doesn't really ever shut up about this deal. Like he keeps tweeting probably more than he should, but he is locked into these terms. And after the acceptance is announced, uh, Elon Musk said his first goal is to make the algorithm that ranks tweets in the content feed open source in an effort to increase transparency. And that was something that I think like the former CEO had also wanted was like to make Twitter more open source, which just means like more people can see the base code of it. And then also Elon wants to remove spam bots and authenticate all real humans. And now I feel like he's maybe setting a stage with that comment. Because on May 13th, he announces that he's putting the purchase on hold because there were reports that 5% of Twitter's daily active users were spam accounts, causing Twitter's shares to drop more than 10%. Basically, like, that a ton of people on Twitter, more than anyone ever ever thought, are robots, like, are not real. Is that a shock? Was that a shock to people? I know. It's like, and and interestingly enough, I feel like Twitter's more robots than ever since friggin' Elon took over. That's just my opinion. That's not science. But more robots than ever. Your (laughs) post-apocalyptic manuscript. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Elon makes it clear he still wants to go through with the deal, but he wants Twitter to prove it isn't true. And Twitter is like, we don't have to do that, and you have to go through with the sale. Like, that wasn't part of our terms, and you signed a contract that said you got to go through with this sale. We just talked about this. Yes. (laughs) Elon keeps pushing back. He says he wants to see Twitter's user data... Uh, and then Twitter is basically like, well, it's really hard to determine the exact number of these accounts. It involves a lot of like very private user data that we really can't share with you. But also that Twitter, um, removes over 1 million spam accounts daily. 
So like Twitter is trying to fight spam bots. It's hard to do. Like the internet is just full of robots trying to fuck you over. And Twitter's like, we remove a million a day, uh, but we can't give you like deep, deep details because we can't give the private user information of all these people that would prove like this yeah. one's real, this one's a robot, this one's real, this one's a robot. I imagine one way would just be like, you need a social security number. Yeah. To have a, uh, to have a Twitter. But that's, I don't know if I want to give Twitter my social security number. Oh, that's chapter one of <laughs> like the worst. Yeah. Absolutely. Robo apocalypse, of course. And so at this point, Elon tries to put a stop to the deal, but all the experts say, you're not going to be able to do that, my guy. Um, and Twitter is more determined to make the deal go through than ever, because if it doesn't go through, that's basically them admitting that they've got this crazy spam bot problem. So they're like, now it has to go through, because otherwise we're kind of fucked. So it does go through. Uh, on the afternoon of October 27th, Elon Musk and Twitter closed their deal with Musk tweeting, the bird is freed. What the fuck? <laughs> Musk immediately becomes Twitter's new owner, and he fires CEO Parag Agarwal, Chief Financial Officer Ned Siegel, Chief Legal Officer um, Vijaya God, and General Counsel Sean Eggert, with the executives escorted out of the company's headquarters by security. Um, Some succession shit. Well, it's interesting because, like, it seems like they had all kind of known that they were going to be out, but they thought it was going to be something where they all voluntarily resi resigned and, like, had a couple days to get affairs in order. So, like, apparently the CEO, like, had his resignation written out. He was like, we all knew we were out, but we didn't think it was like, you're not allowed back in the offices. Like, pack your shit, you're fired. That seems like a just a... PR stuff. Yeah. And so it was very weird. And it was the first in a series of layoffs. Musk ended up laying off 80% of Twitter employees from 8,000 to about 1,500. Jesus. And so the Times described the layoff as haphazard, with employees learning of their firing through a variety of means. Workers in Dublin and Tokyo received emails regarding the layoffs. Those in Ireland and Britain remained in the offices at night to await the official word on their employment status. Others learned they had been laid off when they found themselves locked out of their work computers. So, like, they never really found out. And a small number of those employees were later asked back they had seemingly been laid off by mistake. So, like, he just was, like, mercilessly... Well, they're trying to find out which of the employees are robots. Yeah. <laughs> And cutting and cutting that shit down makes it really clear. Yeah, I remember around this time there was like a thread that got really popular on Twitter, which was someone who worked for Twitter, and he tweeted like at Elon Musk, and he was like, "Hi, at Elon Musk, I'm just trying to figure out if I still have a job. Like, I'm tr I'm emailing HR, and they're not telling me, but I'm locked out of my work computer. So like, seems like I'm fired." Just gotta know for sure because can you Elon Musk? Yeah, can tell you me help up? me? And Elon Musk, of course, loves Twitter and tweeted right back to him, and they got in this like kind of contentious tweet thing because he was like, you know, I like at first he was like, yeah, I'll find out, and then the guy like complained about something else, and Elon was really rude to him, and like what ended up basically happening was that like I think the guy was laid off, but basically he had been the owner of a company that Twitter had acquired. And as part of that, he was like, I want to be an employee of Twitter now or pay me for this. So by firing him, they had to pay him like this big settlement because he had been an owner of this like subsidiary company that they just Elon hadn't given a shit about. Like it was a, just a, such a messy on main discussion. It Seriously. was so silly. And so with these outrageous layoffs, <laughs> Elon begins making the sweeping changes he's promised. 
On October 27th, 2022, Musk announced a new, he's planning a content moderation council with diversified viewpoints that would be established to inform the platform's content policy. And he declared a moratorium in major content decisions or account reinstatements until then. Uh, interestingly, that council was never actually formed. So that was like his plan for content moderation. It just kind of never happened. Shoot from the hip kind of guy, he feels like. <laughs> he signaled an intention to do away with lifetime account suspensions and to unban those suspended for minor or dubious reasons. Um, I think it's an interesting like piece of context here that like Donald Trump had been banned from Twitter. And I think that was like a big part of this discussion. Like a lot of right-wing people who were participating in hate speech and, you know, not following Twitter's rules were being banned. And then there was this feeling of like, but shouldn't everyone get to tweet? Which again, I would say probably not. And Twitter's like, do you remember the beginning part where we <laughs> asked you for no hate speech? Yeah, that's all, that's all we're asking. I feel and, like we covered that. Uh, in September of 2023, Twitter um, scrapped all of the features for users to report misleading tweets. So there was no longer a way to report like, hey, this isn't true. Instead, they now do community notes, which I've seen like used successfully to some degree, which is just like, if you, a Twitter user, see something wrong, you can like add a note to it that's like, this isn't true and here's my source. But like the tweet stays up. It just stays up with the community note. So like... Well, a community note from who? The Twitter user? Yeah. Any random Twitter user? I think you have to be uh, doing paid Twitter. But, oh, of course. And then I do think once it exists, people can vote on like, yes or no, if that's a good community note. I don't, it's... Yeah, because it's like, well, there's a big difference between Twitter going through all the channels that I, I, I seemingly might subscribe to some journalistic ethos yeah. of like, the truth matters and anyone can say anything about anything. Like that's just more nonsense. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like before it was, you would report a tweet as like, this isn't true. There was a Twitter content moderation team whose job it was to then look at it and be like, okay, is this tweet true or not? Or is this tweet hate speech or not? Exactly. And that was like, in theory, what they were trained to do. Not to say that they were always right. I know a lot of people have had problems with Twitter content moderation forever. Like, not to say that's a perfect yeah, of course. method. But it doesn't seem like totally get, getting rid of that and only doing community notes is the way to do it either. Speaking of misinformation. <laughs> Soon after Elon Musk's takeover, Twitter announced it would no longer enforce its policy prohibiting COVID-19 misinformation. Uh... Algorithm changes promoted viral disinformation about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It led to significant gains in followers for media outlets affi affiliated with Russia, China, and Iran. And Twitter, much like Meta, Twitch, and Alphabet, laid off a significant portion of its content moderators in 2023. They're just like, it's the Wild West out there. And like I was saying, Community Notes is now the only program to combat misinformation. Uh... It's involved like a lot of misinformation spreading. There's been delays in fact checking and a European commission study found that disinformation was most prevalent and received the highest engagement on Twitter compared to other ma major social media networks. So like, again, not to say Twitter's the only one that has a problem here, but it is worst on Twitter demonstrably. Yeah, geez. It's no good. Research has also documented a dramatic and unprecedented increase in hate speech on the platform. Big shock. 
Uh, just as one example of this, a study found of over 1 million tweets since 2022 uh, found that posts associating LGBT people with grooming increased by 119% since Musk acquired Twitter. Uh, and also a lot of advertising has appeared alongside this hateful anti-LGBT rhetoric. So, oh, like, I'm sure that's not related. It's not good at all. And advertisers aren't happy about it. Like, when you're advertising, you don't want your stuff to inadvertently be, like, on a tweet that, that like, precedes a video that's, like, here's why all LGBT people are groomers. Like, a Gillette doesn't want that, but there's no content moderation. And if you're paying for ads on Twitter, it could easily show up. Yeah, part of advertising is brand alignment. Mm -hmm. Like, if they're not able to have some kind of brand consistency and, like, at least be like, okay, our company, you know mission or values align with the values of Twitter and their policies of mm -hmm. like no hate speech, no lying, all that stuff. Yeah. So that's, and that has caused like a, a downtick in ad revenue. And I don't know as much about this. So I'd be interested to hear from people who are like often Twitter users or use it for work or anything. So he came out with, I think in an attempt to defeat spam bots, which are his ultimate enemy. He came out with Twitter Blue, right? Which was basically like Twitter, but you're paying for it. And <laughs> when you pay for it, you get your identities like officially certified. So like you're giving them information that proves you're you and you unlock certain features. So like I know a lot of people who had used free Twitter for like side hustles and businesses and stuff and now have to pay for it to get like the analytics that you used to be able to get from free Twitter. Like that's all now behind the paywall. Right. And also people who pay for Twitter Blue get their tweets boosted. So like if you look at a tweet that's interesting, all the replies right under it, it's not going to be the replies that have the most likes or most people talking about them. It's going to be the people who pay for Twitter are like right. right under the top tweet. And then you have to scroll to get to people that aren't paying for Twitter. Yeah, to scroll to the proletariat. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so that's been divisive as well. And then to sum up with what is perhaps the least bad, but the most silly thing Elon Musk has done so far, he changed the name. So stupid. So stupid. Twitter is now X, uh, and tweets and retweets are posts and reposts, and the cute little bird is dead. And I thought the cute little bird was a great part about Twitter. I thought he freed him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought he was freeing the bird. Experts estimate that Elon wiped out like $4 billion worth of brand value with the name change, which makes so much sense because like... What every company wants is to be a verb. Like, Zoom me. Tweet is, yeah, a <laughs> verb, yeah. Can you get me a Kleenex? Like, I, I don't know how to stop calling it Twitter. If somebody said X, mm -hmm. I don't think my brain would pick up on what they're talking about until they were, like, you know, Twitter. Yeah. Like, it's, it's that, it's that, it's so fucking weird. It's so <laughs> dumb. And also, when we're going to get to this, but his kid's name is X. So now when he's spending time with his, like, son x he has to be like me and x my son instead of just like because it could be like you mean your company it's so fucking stupid x number two which is what i call my son which is what i call my son he's also like he's been obsessed with x forever like he wanted to rename paypal x.com like i think he just thinks x is very cool so he finally had a business where I was like, I'm going to call this X, but it's so fucking stupid. Well, I'm glad that he and all the other 14-year-old boys like him have gotten what they want. Exactly. So basically, since Elon acquired Twitter, hate speech and bots are up, user traffic is down, ad revenue is decreased. 
He makes you play for your blue check mark. It is not seemingly to me going well. It's not what we would call good. <laughs> it's not what we call good. Story number two, Tesla Troubles. The autopilot will kill you, folks. <laughs> oh, for sure. Elon Musk has made big promises about um, the autopilot in his Tesla cars since like 2016. And they've been trying to roll out autopilot incrementally, but it has not been a flawless process. And basically anytime they try to unlock like a new autopilot feature widely, it'll be in the news for causing some kind of accident. Tesla's autopilot right now, it can maintain your speed in traffic and steer on bends and roads, but it's faced multiple safety investigations. And it's been criticized for encouraging Tesla owners to place too much faith in the driver assistance technology. There have been at least 736 crashes involving autopilot since 2019. 17 of those have been fatal. Ooh. Uh, and the numbers have increased dramatically in the last two years because drivers are given more access of the full self-driving system. So this is something that like I feel semi-strongly about. I know, I think I did like a whole episode on self-driving cars. I was just cars. about to say, did you do self-driving cars? Because I remember us talking about this. Yeah, so I think I did a whole episode on this. And it, I mean, listen to that as well. I think it was just you screaming about the trolley problem for yes, like 25 for minutes. for so long. But I do think like this also brings up something, which is like it's providing in Tesla owners a false sense of what they can rely on their car to do. Exactly. And then they are proven wrong. <laughs> And, like, when you're in a car, lives are on the line. Like, it's not like, oh, I thought my computer could write it this essay for me, but the essay was bad. Like, it's, yeah. a car is a different thing entirely. So, and it's also, it's not just about you. Like, yeah. you're making choices for other, like, like when you decide to drive drunk. Yeah. Or when you decide to text and drive, which I think is, like, more dangerous than drunk driving, honestly. God, so bad. It's like, you are making a choice now for everyone around you. You're making choices for, like, the other drivers, the people on the street, the kids who are running out and you don't have the wherewithal to know about traffic rules mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like, it is just, it's horrible. It's horrible. It makes me think of, this is so off topic and stupid, but it does make me think of, have you seen the meme, the myth of consensual sex? Yeah, I think you showed it to me. Yeah, it's a meme called the myth of consensual sex. And it's a couple sitting on a bed and they go, I consent, I consent. But then between them is Jesus Christ. And he says, I don't. <laughs> Incredible. And that's how I feel about people with self-driving cars. I don't consent to that. If I'm walking down the street. And neither does God. And, I, feel com and, I feel comfortable speaking for him. And if Jesus and I were in bed together, I feel confident that after I rocked his world, <laughs> he and I would have a long discussion about self-driving cars and he would agree with me. And Easter's coming up. And Easter's coming up. <laughs> He is risen. That's all I'm saying. He has risen. That's not religious. I'm not religious enough to be telling those jokes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's fine. You can have it. I give you permission. Thank you. Um, so in December of 2023, Tesla had to recall and issue updates to more than 2 million of its cars to try to prevent drivers from abusing the autopilot system. And this comes after an earlier recall this year and also involving the driver assistance program. In February 2023, they updated 360,000 cars. So it was like 360,000, then 2 million needed to be recalled. Ugh. Not good. I guess, yeah, I associate recalls with like parts and stuff. I don't, I don't, uh, not like the whole system. How is this legal? How is this legal? How it's is crazy. This, it's not good. How is this allowed to happen? It's no good. The other thing that I'll talk about is the Cybertruck. 
So what? Um, I didn't. I haven't even heard about this. Oh, one. I gotta Google the Cybertruck and show it to you. It's like the new Tesla that just came out. It's the ugliest fucking thing I've seen in my entire life. It's so comically ugly to look at. This is the Cybertruck. The fuck? It's just a box. It's like a tinfoil box. It's a it's a steel box on the road, and in it sometimes has a truck bed. It's so ugly. So, Reuters spoke to six safety professionals and officials who viewed videos of crash tests conducted by Tesla on the Cybertruck, and oh boy, those safety experts do not like it. The big problem is that they made, uh, this is a quote, the big problem there is if they really made the skin of the vehicle very stiff by using thick stainless steel, then when people hit their heads on it, it's going to cause more damage to them. (laughs) That seems like a, like, first draft kind of thing. Yeah, and that's from Adrian Lund, who's the president, or the former president of the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Like, I could have told you that. Yeah, and it's, it, and it makes them ugly, too. So it's like, why even choose the thick steel outside if they're ugly and they will better kill people? Um, and there's also the problem that the Cybertrucks have really small crumple zones, like, much smaller than other cars, a crumple zone is, like, designed to absorb the force of a crash so that a passenger doesn't have to. So basically, like, you see cars that have been in a wreck and the whole front of them is fucking crumbled Accordion. to end. Yeah. But the part where the driver actually sits is usually fine because the crumple zone has done what it's supposed to do. It crumples and absorbs all that force. Yeah, the nose of your sedan or whatever. And yeah. that's what keeps you safe. Cybertruck's crumple zones are small which means that passengers are theoretically absorbing a lot more force in the crashes. And recently there have been a couple of like uh, news arcs that have said like, yeah, people walking out of Cybertruck crashes are like not dead, but like more injured than people who have bigger crumple zones on their cars. But ultimately, again, it's most dangerous for those outside the car during the crash, like a pedestrian or someone being crashed into. Julia Griswold, who's the director of the University of California, Berkeley's Safe Transportation Research and Education Center, so she knows what she's talking about, said she was, quote, alarmed by the crash test videos Tesla posted. Oh my god. And she said the heavy weight of the trucks and their high acceleration raised red flags for non-occupants. And so when we add the autopilot to the steel frame, that can be a yikes, folks. That could be a yikes. (sighs) Getting, like, getting agitated. I know. Like... I promise I'll only do these episodes every four years. I'm getting agitated. <laughs> it's like, I, I didn't know a lot of this, and I'm, I'm sort of mad at you I for know. telling me I'm all sorry. of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My curse is your curse. We're on the last part of this Musk date. Thank God. This Shoot Musk me update. And put your pistol between my eyes. Seriously. <laughs> part three, more babies. Last we spoke on Musk, I mistyped Muck in my spreadsheet, but that's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> he had six kids. Now he has ten. Here are updates on his children. Uh, number one, you'll remember he has... Wait, like, wait. I'm sorry. Stop. He has ten children? Yes. I don't read the news, clearly. I literally don't read the news. He's got a lot of kids. That's not possible. Well, so he had five from his first marriage. Oh, right, right, right. And so now he has five more. The fuck? So one of Elon's children from his first marriage has come out as transgender since the last time that we talked about Elon's children. She went to court to change her first and last name, and she listed the reason as, quote, gender identity and the fact that I no longer live or wish to be related to my biological father in any way, shape, or form. Good for her. Yeah. Amen. We wish her the best. Last we talked, uh, Elon Musk and Grimes had recently had their first child, X-Ash-A-12. 
um, called X, lovingly by the family. Since X then, number two, as we said. <laughs> X two. Since then, they've had two more kids. They are X a dark side rail musk, a girl born in December 2021, and they call her Y, which is, I mean, if you're going to name a kid X, it's kind of cute to call their sister Y. That's a little cute. I think that's a little cute, if you must. Um, and then their third child, Technomechanicus, uh, who was born in September 2023 and is called Tao by the family. That one just sounds like a Transformer. That one sounds like SNL making fun of Elon Musk. That, yeah, literally. Like, that one is just silly, silly billy. <laughs> that one sounds like a genre of music. The other ones are like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that one's like, come on. <laughs> it does, it feels like they got lazy. Like, at least. Yeah, they got lazy. <laughs> at Give least, me something else. At least X Ash A12 and X a Dark Side Rail. I'm kind of like, there's, there's a little spice on that. Technomechanicus is a parody of those That's other two. silly. It really is. Something interesting about Technomechanicus is that, I mean, what's not interesting about Technomechanicus? I know, where to start? But he was born super secretly. Um, the world only found out about him because Grimes was doing an interview and the reporter heard him crying in the other room. And Grimes was like, well, can't hide that I have an infant in the other room because it's actively crying. Yeah, we had another kid. Fuck, bro. And finally, Musk quietly welcomed twins with Neuralink Director of Operations and Special Co- Projects, Siobhan Zillis. And Neuralink is another of Elon Musk's companies that we talked a little bit about last time we talked about him. Uh, in November of 2021, we still don't know the twins' names, but based on some de- dates I just said, you might be noticed that things here are a little messy. Oh, yeah. I just assumed. Yeah. So... Grimes and Elon Musk technically broke up in 2021. They were like rocky when they decided to have Y, uh, Exa Dark Side Rail, Y. Um, but <laughs> so tired. Um, but they they had her in like I think like by the time she was born, or maybe like right after she was born, like they officially broke up in 2021. Um, but they're clearly still quite intertwined because they had their third child, admittedly via surrogate, in 2023, right? So clearly they're like co-parenting in a way that it's still, they still want to produce more children with each other. But this explanation of the messiness is coming from a Business Insider article um, that's heavily quoting um, another piece of information, which is Walter Isaacson's biography on, on Elon Musk. Grimes and Siobhan Zillis were friends before the Neuralink director had a set of twins with Grimes' ex-boyfriend, Elon Musk, according to Walter Isaacson's bi- biography of the billionaire. Grimes considered her a friend and occasionally tried to set her up on dates, Isaacson wrote of the two women's relationship, adding that Zillis had invaded Musk's tight-knit social circle, circle, attending parties with the pair, and played video games with Musk. The biographer said Musk had personally included Zillis to join his brain chip startup, Neuralink, in 2015, and she moved to Austin shortly after the billionaire moved in 2020. Uh, the Neuralink director decided to have children after Musk spoke to her about his population doomsday fears. Musk offered to serve as Zillis's sperm donor, according to the book. And in 2021, Zillis had the twins with Musk via in vitro fertilization. So, like, not cheating, but just very weird that he has doomsday concerns and therefore feels he needs to procreate. That's weird. I'm just very confused by people <laughs> who would willingly have children with Elon Musk know. in general. But Grimes, whose legal name is Claire Butcher, um, only learned Musk had fathered a set of twins with Zillis when it was first revealed to the public by Insider in 2022. The biographer said that Zillis also kept the knowledge of Musk's involvement from her co-workers at Neuralink. 
Uh, Musk and Grimes had decided to have a second child via surrogate, even though they were going through a rough patch. And at one point, Isaacs has said both Grimes and Zillis were in the same hospital, Zillis with complications from her pregnancy, and Grimes visiting the surrogate carrying her second child with Musk, but neither women knew that the other was in the hospital or that they were planning to have a child with Musk. So literally, they're having babies at the same time, and Elon Musk does not tell either of them that he's doing that. And like, even if it wasn't a relation, like a romantic relationship anywhere in there, it's such That's like a weird the bad shit craziest thing I've ever heard. Breach of trust to do that, right? And so the tension between the two women came under public scrutiny because um, Grimes accused Zillis of blocking her on social media. And she tweeted, I have never been allowed to see photos of these children until this moment, despite the situation utterly ripping my family apart. Yeah, so Grimes is literally publicly tweeting, like, at Siobhan, I can't believe you had kids with the father of my children at the same time that I'm having kids with him. And I didn't know, and we've never talked about it, and it's never been a conversation. Grimes and Zillis now say that they're no longer feuding. Um, Grimes tweeted, or exed. Uh, communication about the twins wasn't handled super well in the past, but I now totally understand what happened and totally forgive the situation. Adding she's excited for the two women's kids to grow up together. That's all well and good, but also Grimes doesn't really have a choice about their kids growing up together because now those kids exist. And it's just like, it's just so fucked up that it wouldn't occur. It's like, so that's what's wrong with Elon Musk. Like did not occur to him or he chose to hide the fact that he was having kids with two different women at the same time. Yeah, that's classic Musk. So disrespectful. And again, like, not to say, like, it seems like none of them were in a romantic relationship. It's still a breach of trust. It's just fucking crazy. It's crazy. It's insane So now he's got the ten kids. (laughs) Okay. And I say... It's always people I don't like who have, like, twelve children. Yes. A hundred percent. It's always, like, evangelicals. And Elon Musk. And Elon Musk. That's who it is. Elon Vangelicals. It wasn't as good as Elon (laughs) Boogaloo. No, I I still give you props. We got to do what we can to make this story less horrifying. So that's my Musk date. That's um, what's going on with Elon Musk, or at least three of the stories. I know there's more. I know he's got like 12 businesses and there's stuff going on in all of them. And I'm ready to not be thinking about Elon Musk anymore. And I, I summarized some of my feelings about him in the last episode we talked about of like, why are we venerating this man who's just like a guy who owns businesses? Like we don't have to be asking him to save the world or trusting him with a bunch of stuff or venerating him in any way. That's my take. <laughs> I'm going to take this as a cleansing mm. of like, I am taking in this information and am now allowing myself to just turn the other way yeah when the musk news comes to me yeah um through my phone it'll be in through the nose out through the mouth amen immediately so thank you for your service really yeah and again if you were in that bunker and you didn't know about elon musk until now i'm sorry about that well you shouldn't be hearing this part that's my because you shouldn't have you shouldn't have listened um and if if you did have to listen that's on me that's my bad (laughs) And I'm sorry about that. And I won't, I won't do it again, except maybe I will. Maybe in four more years, I'll do update part three and I'll have to think of another pun. But until then. <laughs> oh, it's such a perfect segue. Really good segue. <laughs> Bring it home, baby. But until then, you got to get back in your hole. <laughs> and we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified. Stay horrified.